0: Don't get hat like the White House did. HBO Now is here. Star Wars is on the way. So is the Apple Watch. Build your own Windows. Live drive. How do you feel about digging a 300-foot trench? And more. All coming up on Tech Thing. Tech Thing is an act of love because it's brought to you by viewers like you. Visit us at patreon.com slash techthing to contribute and see our milestone goals because we want to keep the show going and you are making that happen. Thank you so much for your support on patreon.com slash techthing.
1: I'm Shannon Morse. And
0: I'm Patrick Norton. And
1: this is Tech Thing, where we make technology behave. <laughs> At
0: least on the good days. And some days we're even shaved.
1: <laughs> what? <laughs> I I, I me. I'm talking about it, it's, I never shave my legs.
0: It's apparently International Scruffy Dad Day, <laughs> as led by me. So OK, White House.
1: Oh, so much news. Gets hacked. Yes.
0: Which has been traced back to Russian hackers. Yes. But all started with something that we want each and every one of you to be aware of.
1: We do. It's called <laughs> spear phishing. And not the kind that ends right. with delicious fish food at the end of the day. This is the kind that starts with email and ends with sadness.
0: Now, in the case of the... <laughs> yeah, I actually like the ends with sadness. So, this is an interesting thought, right? So, um... Russians. Mm-hmm. This, basically, there's this sort of chain of, of details that, that indicates investigators believe right. that Russian hackers were working with the Russian government to try to, of course, get espionage. I'm not really sure we can really sling that much mud. CNN.com NSA.
1: has reported on this. <laughs> However, there's not a lot of reporting going on as of yet with this article. So right now, it's just they're led to believe right. that it was Russian hackers.
0: Non-classified servers, and maybe there's an air gap between the non-classified servers and the classified servers. That's a whole another story for another day, but this is a reminder because they all think it came down to a spearfishing expedition, yes. which brings it kind of close to home because a friend of ours was the subject of some attempted spearfishing.
1: That's true. And luckily she just, she read the link and she was like, okay, let me hover over that. And she saw what the link actually goes to on the domain, on the domain that it said it was going to. So instead so, of
0: being legitimate legitimatecommercialsite.com, it was this crazy 17 syllable yeah. Polish website, which is not where Ooh. the legitimate... URL should be pointing to. Yep.
1: And and it looked legit, but as soon as you click on it, you notice that it's a completely different website. So this is always one of those things where you have to scrutinize those emails. Don't yeah. even click those links.
0: Yeah. Trust no one yes and trust no one via email. <laughs> Check um, the
1: address it came from mm-hmm. because that address might be completely non existent. <laughs> I had people trying to pretend pretend to be one of my podcast friends and they kept on sending me emails and I'm like, you're not who you say you are. I know because you're emails. Completely different. And I sent him a message and I was like, is this you? And he's like, no.
0: You know, especially (laughs) like in Chrome, you can hover over the links Uh to see what they actually are, to see if they're legit. Never download anything from a stranger on the internet. Mm -hmm. I would even think twice about downloading from your friends on the internet, but that's because (laughs) some of my friends are weirder than yours. I would too. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, would you click on any link in a webpage or would you go to the website?
1: No, I would generally go to the website, especially if it's for banking, Mm -hmm. one of my social networks, and it's asking me for password change or something like that and if it's yeah any kind of security related thing
0: and by the way microsoft youtube amazon ebay your bank they're never going to call you up and say hi mr norton could we have your password we're trying to verify uh, yeah that's phishing or social (laughs) engineering
1: so, in lighter news, I hear that HBO Now is happening.
0: Launched yesterday. Awesome. I can't verify that it has everything HBO Go has, but it sure looks like it. Um, all the HBO series, right, if you go to you know, order.hbonow.com plus HBO's current slate of movie options, $14.95 a month. You get the first month free. Ooh. For the next three months, it's only on iPhone and iPad and Apple. Uh, and after that, I expect it will be everywhere. So I got to run it. I've been running it on my phone. I've been running it on the Apple TV. Streams looked excellent. They launched quickly. Not a really big surprise, right? Because HBO Go was built uh, in-house by HBO HBO now has been b- being built by uh, MLBAM, which is MLB Advanced Media. Those are the baseball oh. people. Um, so, along with Major League Baseball, MLBAM does uh, ESPN, uh, Turner, uh, several other networks. I think the real test, though, is going to come Sunday night, <laughs> right when Game of Thrones yeah. five launches.
1: That's gonna be big and crazy. And along with more news about entertainment, we also <laughs> got a lot of folks that pointing that are pointing out that Sling TV had issues streaming the March Madness uh, college basketball semifinals. semis. Yeah. yeah, so surprise! That <laughs> said though,
0: we actually got a really good email from Brian yeah. who, who is who is one of the many people using Sling TV and, well actually do you want to read this one?
1: Yeah, sure. Okay. So he said, with all the cord cutting that you guys have discussed, I haven't, I can't believe that you haven't brought up Sling.com. It's a cord cutter's dream. $20 a month gets you a slew of channels that most people love and if that's not enough you can upgrade your experience with packs of channels for just five dollars more per month it's the best thing since tech thing love you guys from brian
0: yeah so i what well, first of all brian thanks for writing in uh i could have sworn we mentioned it maybe not a lot since ces yeah. um possibly because i don't really miss cable because i haven't had cable for years but a lot of people it's kind of funny outside of the people who got spanked during march madness with glitchy playback <laughs> a that? lot of people are really excited about sling
1: yeah no kidding
0: oh my goodness big week for apple
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, the Apple Watch, right?
0: Well, okay, so the Apple MacBook ships on Friday, okay, uh, at twelve oh one a.m. on Friday, and it's kind of funny, like you know, I, I, I. Oh,
1: it's pretty. I've
0: never wanted a gold apple product before but for some reason the gold macbook fascinates me uh the usb type c connector not so much but that's a whole nother issue so yeah in any case the new macbook gold silver or space gray will ship on friday (laughs) i don't know if i'm going to be up late on thursday because at 1201 a.m friday morning which is like late thursday night the apple watch pre-sales launch um it's interesting because I wanted to get one in for review on the show, yeah. but uh, it's a whole bunch of people got seated watches early, you know, okay. the usual suspects, seen at a bunch of other big places. Yeah. Um, everybody's saying the Apple watch construction is outstanding. Um, the watch faces and the screens are gorgeous the call sending and receiving works is great Though the CNET okay. article was really they were surprised like the watch apparently or excuse me the microphone in the watch is mm-hmm. apparently really good uh, but they pretty much had to hold it up to their oh. ear to oh, hear oh that it. might
1: be kind of awkward
0: Well, but they had no problems initiating calls <laughs> uh, and then there's lots of solid apps especially fitness apps downside uh, on pretty much every review I've read so far is battery life oh, um, recharging yeah. uh, battery life is barely a day Jeez. Uh, of reasonable use and recharging takes a fair amount of time and a lot of whinging about the price. A lot of people are just oh. flat out whining about the price. Well,
1: it's... Well, I guess it's not that expensive when you compare it to other mm. watches on the market, even non-technical ones. Well,
0: I, I wouldn't even compare it because, like, his, his, I don't know, it'll be interesting. Like We're working on getting one of the, the, the Pebble watches in and the Apple Watch become. If nothing else, I will get hands, uh, hands-on hands one on the 24th um, when they get dropped. Yeah, A friend of mine has promised to share his watch with me, but the... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see how this evolves.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of interested. A lot of... I'm not going to get one, but I'm more so interested in the pebble. Yes. Won't lie. (laughs) <laughs> it's no pretty there's also news and i'm really excited about this because i am a roku owner yes I'm so a am I. diehard roku person big fangirl here <laughs> so there's also a new roku 2 and 3 the new 3 gets voice search from the remote mm-hmm. which already has the awesome built-in audio jack and we're told that the roku 2 is now as fast as 3 so it got a processor upgrade unfortunately though there's no cool headphone jack on the new roku 2
0: i think it's a bummer but, yeah
1: but I, I guess you know you pay for what you get in this example.
0: They've also launched something called feeds inside of there, where um, basically when they launch it, you'll be able to pick out movies that you want to follow. Ooh. For example, in, on the oh, Roku website, they pointed out the Divergent series, Insurgent. So you could, you could basically follow to find out where and when it's available, which I think yes. is an interesting. Oh
1: my gosh, I'm so excited for that.
0: Well, Roku's really pushing themselves because they are as being relatively platform independent. They're not right. pushing anybody's content first, which is a really, really cool thing. Um, mostly though, I'm really excited that in the new version of the software, which should be going out in all the current uh, Roku boxes, mm-hmm. will allow you to search for channels by name.
1: Oh my gosh. Instead of going finally, we get it. We get it
0: through fifteen hundred apps. Okay, technically a subsection of fifteen hundred apps. And there's going to be remotes for the for the Roku app on. Yes,
1: I am excited about the remote app too. This looks awesome, and it's free. Woohoo!
0: Free is good. Meanwhile, we'll thank viewer Joe. He sent us an article in from the appropriately titled That'sNotFunny.com. TiVo has killed, or by April 16th will have killed, the apps for video podcast. Downloads um, for Amazon, Instant, and YouTube, at least on Series 2 and Series 3 TiVo boxes. So my RSS experiments for TiVo have just ended because the application on TiVo that would run them no longer exists. In theory, you can still get video podcasts through the web video hot list. Uh, if you have a TiVo Romeo, Premiere HD Series 3 or Mini. Um, we understand from a lot of people that have talked about uh, to us about the Hot List that the Hot List essentially is slow and vicious. Ah, uh, yes. Um, we're going to try to submit Techzilla to the TiVo Hot List so that you Techzilla Techzilla did you that again Tech thing? <laughs> <What's> <laughs> I did do yet? that again. You know, you do a show for seven years, it sticks <laughs> a little bit. We're going to try to submit Tech Thing, the show I make now, not the show I used to make, um, <laughs> to the TiVo <laughs> Hot List. Um, we'll see if it shows up.
1: Yeah, we'll yeah. see. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And you caught a tweet from one of our good friends, huh? Oh yeah, Paul threw uh,
0: finally Star Wars goes digital. Awesome. And while technically Star Wars was already on digital formats, D V D, Blu-ray, hello! All six Star Wars movies will be up for sale Friday the tenth on iTunes, Amazon Instant Video, Google Play, and Paul noted in his article, Xbox Video. 1999 for individual movies, and if you can stand owning episode one all over again, <laughs> all six films come in a ninety-nine ninety nine bundle except on Amazon where the bundle is eighty-nine ninety nine. So should you feel the de- <laughs> (laughs) It's so funny. I I, kind
1: of feel the need.
0: You kind of feel the need. Um, What did I do with with the link? I I lost the link to Paul's article. In any case, um, the uh, I was laughing because he had just ripped all of his Blu-rays of of it to digital formats. Oh no! Uh, And then
1: this came out like the day after. Personally, I'm not sure.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you know, if they did a really good, clean transfer at 1080p of the unmolested. Um, Star Wars, oh like gosh. episode four. Well, it, it, it's, don't get me started. Hand shot first. Yeah, I know. As
1: hand shot. I know, the feels. Yeah, who know else shot
0: way. first? Darren, over at Hack 5. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> Darren, what's going on over at Hack 5 this week? This week on Hack 5, we're doing a survival episode. We're surviving, Shannon. We're surviving. No bandwidth. No bandwidth affects so many people around the world, and we will teach you how to survive it, because DSL is nowhere to go. ISDN, 56K, 2400 baud, it gets worse. HackFive.org. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for our rapid fire round. This week we've got three security plugins you should be running in Chrome. Shannon's gonna cover them in less than a minute each.
1: Ready? Ready, go! Matt H. wrote to us and said, I have been using Adblock plus Ghostery in Chrome to block annoying advertisements and tracking elements, but I have always wondered if using these two are redundant. New to the scene is uBlock, which is claiming to run more efficiently than these other applications while seemingly doing the same thing. I've also considered using a host file to prevent these from loading, but that seems like it'd be a pain to constantly, constantly update and maintain. Which extension or combination is the sweet spot of privacy ad blocking and browsing speed thanks and keep up the great show i o patrick and the days of tech tv for feeding an interest that has turned into a career thanks from matt Thank you so much. So, I have three different browser extensions that I've used. (laughs) Three (laughs) for my own. Be quiet, I have a cold. (laughs) She gets excited. (laughs) For my own browsing experience. And I also checked out uBlock for you as well. Mm -hmm. So, my first one is AdBlock Plus, not regular AdBlock. This is one of my all time favorites. This is one better. It's one better. (laughs) It allows you to configure ads for any webpage so I can whitelist different tech sites that I go to and I want to support. And I can block everything that I've needed. AdBlock Plus. Is also open source, so you cool. know that it's been tested by other IT professionals and you can tell that they're not being sold by some other advertisement company. <laughs> you,
0: you laugh, right? But, but, I laugh, but, but it's true. You know, Google just went and kicked a whole lot of Chrome extensions out, I would assume, for being nefarious. Yes. I like saying
1: nefarious. <laughs> Second off, and this one is kind of obvious and it's kind of a given, this one is HTTPS Everywhere. This extension adds the HTTPS protocol to all sites visited so you have some encryption. So, for example, 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 if a site lets you log in via HTTP, not with the S at the end, it's really, really easy. I have actually done this myself to see the usernames and password information that you're sending over the internet. So very important to use this. I suggest it to everybody. There's no reason why you shouldn't be using this application. It's easy, or this extension. (laughs) Now, number three, and this one does have some controversy with it. uh, While Disconnect is open source, I feel like Ghostery actually does a better job of finding and blocking trackers and cookies on different websites, at least in my own opinion. So Ghostery is number three, and lastly is uBlock. So uBlock is the one that you asked about. This one seems to work well compared to the other blocking services. In my testing, it was able to block as many ads and trackers as Ghostery and Adblock Plus. Now the key difference is uBlock seems to be a little bit more complicated to use. You have to dig into all the different uh, customizable settings a little Mm -hmm. bit more than the other two. So it really depends on if you want to deal with that as opposed to just using Adblock Plus or just using Ghostery.
0: So would you use more than one at a time?
1: So for myself, I use any one of these plus HTTPS Everywhere. Uh, Any suggestion of that will really get you the privacy that you want. I wouldn't recommend using all four like I currently have on Chrome (laughs) to give you these examples uh, because that might break a few different websites. There are some like Java Java applets and things like that that websites use. And using several of these at the same time will definitely break those. Uh, It makes a very much preferential choice as far as any of these goes, based on your needs and how you want to customize the extensions. Personally, currently, I'm using AdBlock Plus and Ghostery and then HTTPS everywhere. Because using HTTPS separately, is, is a, it isn't going to screw up any websites just by itself. So those are my choices. <laughs> of course, I would love to hear what you guys think as well. So if you have any suggestions or any other Chrome extensions that you want me to check out, uh, tweet me at TechThing or Facebook.com slash TechThing.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. And thank you each and every one of you for participating
1: yes, in the thank show. You.
0: We love the fact that you've subscribed and we appreciate it every time you share us on social media or review the web show in a big and positive way. But if you'd like to take the next step, check out patreon.com slash thing. You can donate to support the show. It essentially is the tip cup that pays Shannon and I and helps us feed ourselves. Every little bit counts. We have lots of goals we want to complete, like bringing the show to you for as long as you want it. And only you can make that happen. Don't forget to share the show with your friends and family and subscribe to our RSS or our YouTube channel. And thank you so much for supporting Tech Thing. Got an email from Tom in Baja, Texas. He says, Pat and Shannon, so glad to have found your new show. As a longtime viewer of TechZilla, I freaked when it went off the grid. Thank you for freaking and for finding Tech Thing." He says, I would like to know how to create a clone copy of my Windows 8 boot drive onto a USB external drive that is bootable, like Carbon Copy Cloner on the Mac. If there is free cloning software available to do this, that would be great. But a paid version would also be okay. Keep up the good work and best wishes on the new show. Tom again in Baja, Texas. Mm. Anytime I can say Baja it makes me happy. Baja. <laughs> it's
1: good. That's yeah,
0: not so good. Oh, sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so if anybody is actually out there looking to just make an installation DVD or a USB, luckily Windows made it super, super made it made it super, super easy uh, with this thing called the Windows 8 install and actually Lifehacker did a really really good tutorial on it so I'm not going to run through how to do that. You can also use the built in recovery options to make a recovery USB in the event that your computer crashed. So to get to that you would go over to your control panel and you would go over to all control panel items and choose recovery and down here you'll be able to use this uh, to create your own little recovery USB or DVD. Now for a live CD, something that's actually bootable that you can use on several different computers. Uh, This is a little bit more complicated. It's, it's, there's quite a few different steps to it, but you can actually do it. If you want to make a live CD, this would be kind of like booting off a Linux operating system Mm -hmm. off of a little flash drive. You will need your windows eight product license key and external drives. So for example, I have this 500 gig Western digital external hard disk drive, but you can also use a USB with at least 16 gigs or 32 gigs on it. And you could also use your original disc. If you have that available or the downloaded ISO from the windows, Website. Uh, That would be used, that's why you would need your product key to download that ISO web from the website. You also need to download a program called G Image X, and you'll need to use a little bit of command line foo at the very end. So first off I had to open up my Windows 8 installation disk on the desktop of my computer and I had to look for this thing called the install.wim file. W-I-M. That's the important file that you're gonna copy onto your hard disk drive. So this is located in the sources directory on your disk. You can also find this in that .iso file that you download from the website if you don't have your disk available but again you will need your product key. The ISO file can be downloaded and mounted into the Windows file directory by right clicking and then you can always find um, the install.win just by looking through the file directory. So it's super, super easy that they've made it. So you can just mount it into the file directory. Mantis. I love that they did that. <laughs> so next thing you'll have to do is plug in your hard disk drive or your USB. Now it didn't work for me via USB possibly because my USB are really old. They're 2.0 and it's a lot better if you have a 3.0 one because you're Basically, putting a big old operating system onto there. So 3.0 if you have it. And then you want to open up G Image X. So I'll show you what that looks like. So this is G Image X. You start on the capture page. You want to go over to Apply. So click on Apply. And once you have your ISO image or your WIM image downloaded, you can find that over in your directory. So you'll go over to your Windows disk and you'll choose install.wim or your ISO file and choose install.wim. You'll also want to go to your destination. Destination is going to be the external hard disk drive or your USB. So for me, it's Untitled 1.D. Make sure that you choose the correct destination, too, because if you don't, you could destroy (laughs) your entire computer. That that. is very, very important. (laughs) So once you do that, you click Apply. This is going to end up taking about an hour to do, but once it's completed it'll tell you that it's successful and you can close out a G image X. Now after that you go over to disk management. So this is very important to make it actually bootable and active as opposed to just plugging it in and going into the file directory. So inside your disk management you'll see all your different disks as usual. You'll see disk 1 which is D. D for dog is my Western Digital. I can right click here and make my partition active. So I click mark partition as active and it'll show up as healthy active primary partition. Now you can close out a disk management. So that's a nice simple part. Here comes the command line. Are you ready? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Who's ever ready for the command line? No,
0: I'm laughing. I'm like, I'm like this is amazing. Can I do this in Clonezilla instead? <laughs>
1: <laughs> for your Mac, sure.
0: Well, CloneZilla is actually oh, CloneZilla, Windows, yeah, OS 10 yeah, and yeah. Linux, but that's a whole different conversation. Hmm, sorry. I
1: wonder. All right, so in command line, it, you'll first need to go over to your hard disk drive. So this is going to be, for me, it'll be D. Mm-hmm. So I change over to D directory, and then I want to change my directory to Windows, uh, sorry, backslash, system 32. And then we want to actually add bootable.exe to this. So bootable.exe allows the hard disk drive to boot uh, straight from your computer that you're currently using it on. So I'm basically copying this boot.exe file from Windows onto the hard disk drive. So I type in bcd boot.exe, d colon, because d is my external hard drive, slash windows, space, forward slash s, d colon, forward slash F all and then hit enter and it'll say that it is successful. You can then eject your disk and you'll be able to boot off of your hard disk drive. Boom. And this also allows it to do Eufy or BIOS as well. Cool. Yeah. So (laughs) now you're done. And I should also say props to HowToGeek, because they wrote out a whole tutorial right. on this, and they, they, yeah, they hashed all everything. So very, very good tutorial over there.
0: And then, I mean, this is why a lot of people don't bother to try to create live disks, because yeah. it is obviously...
1: It's tough. A tough um, there's yeah. a lot of steps involved, but once you get it, you're able to move around your Windows 8 disk wherever you want. And it's just right here in your pocket, as opposed to on a laptop.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm also laughing because, uh, well, Windows... I
1: prefer
0: Linux. I can't imagine why. <laughs> I'm just going to type in my password real quick. Okay. Um, I have, by the way, it's kind of funny. I've been evaluating a really slick Windows oh, 8 yeah. um, convertible from cool. Asus. And if you'd like to talk about sort of the whole concept of, of doing the full version of Windows you know, 8 on a laptop, yeah. ask me. But it's funny, like, I'm really enjoying this so far. But it's made me realize exactly how much I like Windows Technical Preview, which is going to be out this summer. But I point this out because part of the reason I was staring at my computer is because it just locked up again. (laughs) It's been incredibly stable until the last couple weeks. And now that it's rebooted, we've got a question from Dan.
1: Yes, we did. So <laughs> Dan wrote in, I found out the hard way that Wi-Fi doesn't pass through metal skin buildings very well. Oh, uh, yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> <laughs> because of that, I have decided to hardware my garage and barn, my shop, to the house. What cable can be used, a Cat5 or a Cat6? Then there's metal or plastic conduit. I'm thinking metal would be better. Since my barn is about 300 feet away from the house, could that be considered off site for backups? Thanks from Dan.
0: Oh my goodness. So, personally, I'm pretty sure I enjoy digging ditches more than almost anybody (laughs) watching this show right now. I love a good day with a shovel. Uh, I would probably go wireless and drop one of Ubiquiti's NanoBeam AC bridges on the garage and on the house. These things are really slick, they're self contained, they're really easy to set up. Uh, But I can be swayed, so I toss this question out to Twitter. And before we go to the Twittery madness, I should probably also point out the 300 feet, in some ways, like if your house burns to the ground, 300 feet is probably far enough away. Uh, yeah. If you are in um, tornado country, 300 mm-hmm. feet is probably not far enough away. If you are like where my parents live where things flood, 300 feet is probably not far yeah. enough away to be considered an off-site backup. So you kind of think about like where you are and what kind of natural disasters or local disasters you're worried about uh, and let that be your guide to whether or not 300 feet is far enough away for a secondary backup. So I posted on Twitter, got a question about a 300 foot run to a garage, ethernet and conduit, metal or plastic or Ubuntu's Air Max. Ubiquiti's uh, Air Max, I should probably say that properly. Uh, it's interesting, uh, you know, if you're going cheap, go PVC, otherwise adopt for metal conduit just for the sake of not dealing with brittle plastic. Um, 300 feet is against the maximum length for Ethernet, clear line of sight between the two. And that's one of the big issues is that the theoretical maximum distance for Ethernet connection is 328 feet. So 300 feet plus sort of the cable into the house and into the garage or into the outbuilding. Um, may be a big issue. Some people have comfortably had 500-foot runs. Some people haven't. In either case, I would definitely go with at least uh, Cat 6E. I go with the most badass Ethernet cable I can get my hands on simply because I want to have the best possible connection. It's probably overkill. Um, (laughs) Norman points out Ethernet in a plastic conduit every time. Uh, There's outdoor-rated Cat 6, points out Ben. You can either put it in an outdoor-rated NMT conduit or even get direct burial outdoor Mm -hmm. Cat 6. Rob brings up the idea of going Fiber, because 300 feet would go over the limit for Ethernet. (laughs) Uh, JR adds, if you can do it, fiber, it'll be the most future-proof, and you can avoid the 100-meter Ethernet over copper limitation. Ben says, should be fine, just make it shielded Cat6. But to be honest, wouldn't wireless be easier with directional antennas? (laughs) Uh, But it's interesting... It's been kind of the, going through the whole thread kind of mm. comes down to there's a small group of people that believe that fiber is the way to go, which might be a little expensive. Plus, you have to deal with the adapters. Right. There's a whole group of people that are pretty much like, yep, go with the uh, NanoBeam AC from Ubiquiti. And then there's a lot of people that are pretty much fire up the ditch, which or use something called a womper. <laughs> A whopper. Fu- oh,
1: whomper. I know what a whopper is. Oh, we don't have the whopper email it's from in here. Burger King and it's delicious.
0: Close. That's a whopper. <laughs> this is essentially a big old piece of sheet steel on a couple of sticks and you whomp it into the ground <laughs> and you leverage it back and forth and you use direct burial Ethernets. Um, so there are a lot of options out there. Personally, I would go wireless for the simplicity and painlessness of it and because there's just only so many ditches I can dig before I start to hurt. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there are options out there and we'll have a link to this giant wow. chain of threads on Twitter so you can kind of S- so decide much for yourself. It, it was a house divided on it, Twitter. It
1: is, yeah. It almost <laughs> always is. <laughs> Also, we do want to give a th- quick thank you to Arthur P. Johnson. A quick shout-out to you, man. He noticed and gave us a heads-up about some names not showing up in no, our his credits.
0: Name, his name. His name, yeah. In Patreon. Which is good, <laughs> because it turns out we borked a setting in our Adobe Premiere title box, and 44 uh, Patreon contributor names were cut out. We want to apologize. And Arthur, not to worry. It is definitely not because you smell. It is because our <laughs> Premiere Foo smelled. <laughs>
1: Yes. Apparently. <laughs> We're geeks, but uh, unfortunately not that amazing.
0: Well, and we apologize. But mm-hmm. thank you each and every one of you who and support we the you. show and watch the show. And yes, we love you. <laughs> Even if you don't support us on Patreon, we love you. Because you know what? We're all about the love, not the hate.
1: I give group hugs. <laughs> if I ever see you in real life, I'll give you a hug and say I'm, I'm sorry.
0: We want your suggestions, your tips, your opinions, your idea of things, reviews. If you got a question about... Getting your crazy pants convertible on, email us, askattechthing.com, at techthing on the Twitters, or facebook.com slash thing.
1: And, of course, you can subscribe, youtube.com slash thing. We're also on all the RSSs, too.
0: Search on iTunes or go to the web page for the show, and you'll get the links. And
1: before we go, don't forget to back up all your stuff, because we did a whole episode on backing up, so you better know how to do it. do it. Just go do it, pause the show, and do it right now. And remember, once in a while, Put down your phone, step away from the screen like I did all last week, and it was amazing. I went on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> Close your laptop and do something analog. Like, for example, go to your local Cherry Blossom Festival. There's ones across the nation, and mm-hmm. in San Francisco, there's the Northern California Cherry Blossom Festival. That's an awkward photo, but he's actually doing something really cool. So, yeah, go to your Cherry Blossom Festival, check it out. I'll be there this weekend, so if I see you, I'll say hello.
0: I heard from uh, I actually emailed Alan Henry over at Lifehacker, who's in D.C. He said it is Peak Blossom Weekend. Oh my gosh, weekend. it's
1: beautiful yeah. in D.C. I, I'm sad I'm not out there this year.
0: Oh my goodness. <laughs> Go out and look at some pretty flowers. I'm Patrick Norton.
1: I'm Shannon Morris.
0: We'll see you next week on Tech Thing. <laughs> Hopefully more awake. and less
1: very
0: what she said.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you very much.
0: And thank you, all of you.
1: <laughs> thank you. Thank you, all of you. Uh, Lauren, I believe, I was told to give you a shout-out. Hello, Lauren. Thank you. I like that guy. I'm
0: going to take a picture cool. of that one. You're
1: going to take a picture of the dude? Oh, sure. Yeah, oh, sure. <laughs> He's taking a picture of you.
0: You <laughs> that are watching HBO now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let me know how Game of Thrones is on there, by the way. <laughs> Wow, tiny, tiny. Yes, oh, that's, that's the perfect six. answer. <laughs> <laughs> However,
0: it's much larger with an Apple TV connected to your projector. Yeah. Three months, and then it's open to everyone. Mm. Oh my goodness! Look at them all. Thank you.
1: <laughs>
0: my children enjoy the
1: food. <laughs> His children do enjoy the food. They're grown boys.
0: They eat. Mm-hmm. They eat like. A few I'm a growing girl. No. Don't start that rumor.
1: (laughs) Oh, no, not that rumor. (laughs) I was like, what?